morning, Gator Nation. Happy New Year, and welcome back to the In All Kinds of Weather forecast. We've got a loaded show today, including a big commitment for Gator football, the continued construction of Billy Napier's Army. Gator basketball continues to be exactly what it has been for the last six years and we'll take our first look ahead to the future of gator football with billy napier i am your host neil shulman you can follow me on twitter and instagram at all kinds weather and in all kinds of weather on facebook i'm joined by casey hampton you can follow him at gator underscore atl and i'm also joined by dustin smith who you can follow at iakow dustin those guys are getting their mic set up, so we'll say hello to them momentarily. But first, got to shout out our sponsors slash partners. Of course, as usual, we're proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation, nonprofit organization that works to send an underprivileged Gator fan to the swamp. We are in the planning phases for the 2022 season. So if you would like to donate to help make a very special Gator fans, very special swamp dreams come true, please go to GatorGoodFoundation.com and click on the donate button to help us out. We would very much appreciate that. Second, we are proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting in your marketing and deliver results that will wow your clients. Whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray Branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, here are two great reasons why you should choose Stingray Branding. Number one, it's a veteran-owned business. Can't ever really think of a better way to properly thank those who serve our country than by giving the business. And number two, it is run by a Florida Gator fan. So yes, they do great work, but they do great work and they're owned by a Florida Gator fan who happens to be a U.S. veteran. To learn more about their services and rates, go to stingraybranding.com. And with that said, let's get into it. Right into it, guys. Um, we're recording this a little bit after Georgia officially broke its drought. Uh, 14,984 days is the final count. Uh, they did it. They won their second national title. And now that we've had a little bit of time to process this, how are we feeling, guys? Oh, God. Y'all don't have to live here. Y'all don't have to put up with human beings barking at one another like they're animals. And you don't have to live with, you know, God, I, today, I just, I totally forgot I had on a gator hat. And a guy came out to look at my, my AC unit today. And he's like, how about them dogs? I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to put up with this for 364 more days. I just, oh. Yeah, rough, rough, At the man. level. Uh, I mean, look, my all right, my, my feeling is they were due. You, and and, I and you can't this, recruit at that level and not eventually be successful. Correct. I mean, and, and, give it to Kirby. And you cannot repeatedly come that close to a national title year after year after year after year after year and not eventually break through. I'm, I, I said this to you and Dustin. I had said this on Twitter for weeks it's not possible for a team to come as close as Georgia has all these times and not eventually win. At some point, they were going to win it all. I mean, just, just think about all the times they came just short. Think about all the fluky things 
that had to happen for this drought to exceed 40 years. 02, 03, 05, fluke losses to bad Florida teams every year kept them out of the BCS title game. 07, they lose two fluky games to unranked teams. Not one, but two weird games to unranked teams. 2012, a fluky deflected ball at the five-yard line. Gets caught. Time runs out. Five yards away. Nope. Don't get into the end zone. They lose the honor of smashing a horrible Notre Dame team for the BCS title. 2014, another fluke loss to another terrible Florida team. 17, a fluke second and 26 touchdown from a freshman quarterback after a sack to start overtime. 18, another fluke situation. The okay. backup we, quarterback, can, can, you understand can, the point, Casey. Oh, my God. Normal. Neil, this isn't Neil, normal. Just this stop, doesn't stop. just happen oh over and over and over and over and over again. I, I kept trying to tell you, man. Um I mean, people. Um, and by the way, hear um, it. no, 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 Neil, you made this happen. You totally oh, made, made this, this happen. Just so you're aware, uh, Neil was like, "It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen." You know, Neil was the best Gator dog yesterday on on, uh, yeah, on Twitter yeah, calling yeah. it. I was simply telling you that it's bound to happen eventually. And dude, think about this. You, you understand. Right, you understand if Florida has a program that does its job, that wins the games it's supposed to win, Georgia will not win the national championship. You realize if Florida wins a national championship, by definition, Georgia cannot win the national championship. We had our shot to do that. We have our shot to do that every year. We had our shot this year in 2021. What do we do? We go six and seven and lose in the disaster real bowl to central Florida. So we only have ourselves to blame. We can't keep relying on teams like Alabama and Auburn or Oklahoma or Michigan or Ohio State to do our dirty work for us. We have to take matters into our own hands, win the games we're supposed to win, and ensure that they don't win the national championship. And if we don't, and if we keep leaving it to chance, something like this was going to happen. It happened in 13 with FSU. We want to go all the way back to 98. It happened in 1998 because we couldn't beat Tennessee in that overtime game. Happened in, in 99. We couldn't beat FSU that year either in the swamp. We had a lead in the second half after Benny Alexander had that pick six. We led them in the second half in Gainesville. Couldn't get the job done. And then we had to just sit back and watch as FSU took home its second national title. Happened again in 13. We were awful. That's our fault. We were awful again in 2017. Thankfully, that year, Alabama took care of the job for us. But we can't keep relying on teams like that to keep doing our dirty work for us. And eventually, like it happened with FSU in Tennessee, it happened for Georgia. So we only really have ourselves to blame, and hopefully Billy Napier – can do the job that he's supposed to do to not only prevent that from happening in the future again, but adding to our title count. Best Gator dog that's out there, Neil Shulman. But yeah, yeah. no, I, you know, I, we've eventually got to get to a point where we've just got to focus on what we can focus, control the controllable and We've got Billy Napier. Um, we're going to have a really good conversation about Billy Napier and what he's been doing um, since he's been hired. So, uh, you know, I, I, I will not say congratulations. I won't do it. Um, but I totally will. Um, they, they, that was a good national championship game. And I will get say hats off to Georgia because that, 
that honestly, it was one of, if not the best defense I have ever seen in college football. I mean, that there's, there's no taking away that that defense is something incredible. Um, And they, 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 they made it happen. You know, yeah, sure. We can say that Alabama um, was without its, its leading two receivers, but that defense was playing out of its mind last night. And they were Um, the best team all year long. That's the other thing. They had the one bad game in Atlanta, but they were the best team all year. Well, the playoff committee got those two teams right. Those were the two best teams. Michigan and Cincinnati weren't even in Georgia and Alabama's league. Um, You know, it did kind of hurt that I had to delete uh, my 1980 uh, image on my phone today, so that that hurt. Uh, But, hey, on to bigger and better things. Uh, and I think our listeners don't want to hear any more about the dogs. So, um, Neil, Justin, you've been, you've been very quiet. You get, you get 30 seconds before we move on and we officially bury this. Uh, but we got to give you a chance to say something if you want. Guys, I've been speechless. Sorry. My, uh, my mic was muted, but obviously it sucks. Um, I hate Georgia with a burning passion and, uh, to see that team do what they did, um, it's definitely disappointing, uh, but I think I think my my ultimate conclusion is that Florida has a grand opportunity to recruit, an opportunity to bring in the best in the nation. Uh, Billy Napier is is off to a great start. He's already marched into IMG. He he uh, stole Kabari Wilson from the uh, the grips of of Georgia, and I I think that uh, that's the that's the one. Um, semblance of hope for lack of a better phrase that that i can take from that game um but yeah man it's it's awful but we can't lament on it we got to move forward we got a off season to move into and we got a uh, championships to win of our own yeah that's probably the best way there is to put it um so that that actually does segue into our next topic that we're not going to spend too much time talking about, but everyone's talking about it, so we can't just ignore it. Speaking of that Georgia National Championship, there was at least one so-called Florida Gator who was happy about it. Uh, a Florida Gator basketball player named Flanges Fleming did an Instagram live stream in the wee hours of Tuesday morning decked out in Georgia gear with hundreds of Gator fans who are eventually watching this. That, that, that's a Gator basketball player. It's not just a random student at Florida. That is a current Gator basketball player in Georgia gear celebrating and trolling Gator fans. What do you guys think? Hey, he apologized for it today. We're all 18 once in our lives, and we make, we make poor choices. Um, and he, 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 he published an apology about it today. Um, I know – I can speak for myself. I did some stupid things uh, <laughs> in the city of Gainesville when I was 18 years old. Uh, so, you know, I'm not going to deck him too hard about it. Um, clearly, somebody had a conversation with him about it today. Was n- not the best move that he could make, uh, obviously. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a good learning experience. And somebody that has worked in a collegiate setting like I have, um, this is a really good learning opportunity, and hopefully he takes that, and hopefully he learns from his mistake, um, and hope uh, it doesn't happen again. So that's all I have to say about it. Dustin? I think uh, we all have a good feeling of how Neil's going to approach this, but I'll just say this. Like Casey, I, I have 
some compassion. I mean, obviously, it wasn't the best idea. I think it was kind of stupid for him to do it so publicly with the IG Live. I think he could have kept it to himself. Um, that probably would have been his best bet. But on the other side of the coin, I, I feel for him. I mean, he grew up in Athens. Um, obviously, uh, he's a part of the Florida Gator uh, basketball team, and and rivalries are important uh, as as a member of of the Florida Gators. Um, but some people don't really understand or express the rivalry like like we do. We being the guys on 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 this podcast. Um, uh, so I have respect for the guy. Um, I don't want to hate on him, but I think it was stupid what he did. And, you know, I mean, I think you're going to bring up a guy and know we don't like talking about him, but think about Marco Wilson, who was a buffoon for throwing the shoe, um, an absolute idiot for doing what he did and hurt his team. And, and it's something you shouldn't have done, but I'm not going to go out, go out on the internet and berate. Marco Wilson anymore. I mean, it's a it's a lost cause. There's nothing we could do about it. It's a lost um, cause, and that are, that happens um, over a year ago. Now we're talking about something that just happened, so that wound is still fresh. Listen, I mean, I I knew you guys were going to be far more compassionate than I am. I just want to point out. No, no. I just want to. I want to. I, I just want to play, I, Casey. I you had your turn. It's my turn. Uh-huh. It's big boy time. I just want to play it's a short big boy time. I just want to play a short clip from that IG Live and let everyone who maybe hasn't listened to it or has forgotten about it, just let you guys hear why I'm so irate about it. Well, me and Myron are going to be riding down, riding down uh, University, blasting. Who let the dogs out? Who let the dogs out? I am going to be riding down University windows down blasting who let the dogs out he's not just going on instagram saying you know what i'm happy my hometown team won and he's not just sitting in his dorm room facetiming with one of his boys from back in athens he's going on instagram live and he is trolling and taunting and mocking the people who follow him who supposedly are are rooting for him he actively pokes the metaphorical bear with every single Gator fan, the people who root for him to succeed on behalf of the logo that they cheer for and that he plays for. He thinks it's a good idea to go out there and mock them all at once. That's why I'm irritated. My problem isn't that he has Georgia gear or that he wears it or even that he's mentioning it on, on a public platform. My problem is he's going out in such an abrasive fashion and actively pissing off the people that are rooting for him to do well. That's the issue at hand. So look, he probably meant it to be totally in jest, totally in fun, whatever, but Florida has a fan base right now that's fed up with its basketball program to begin with, without the players giving them reason to not root for them. Now, a lot of fans have a reason. I'm not going to go that far. I'm not going to say I'm going to root for him to fail. I'm not going to say, you know, I, I, I hope he sucks. I'm not going to do that. But I mean, dude, we're looking at a program that's not really healthy right now. And then this happens on top of it. You can't tell me that this is going to be something that the fan base just forgets about. Cause Neil, I hope that someday when you have kids and they do something stupid that you 
treat them the same way without granting grace to them like you are this guy. I'm not endorsing what he said or did. I'm just saying that when you're in college, you do stupid things. That's just the nature of what college is. And I'm not going to harp on this kid too much because he's heard it from you. He's heard it from other people. And I think what you're missing, Neil, in this, and again, I am not endorsing what he said or did. I'm just saying when you're that young and in college, you've got to grant some grace and you've got to grant some compassion to somebody that may not understand what we do as adults. So yeah, you want to have how you come talk? to understand it, Casey? Do you know how you learn and come to understand it? It's not from people dr- skull dragging you like you did with this I didn't kid. Skull drag him. You have skull dragged that man all day. No, but I have not. I'm just saying it was a stupid move. You didn't even mention that he published an apology note. I had to mention that. So let's hope he's learned from his actions and. I'm going to still root for the kid to be successful because right now he is playing for the Florida Gators and he's an 18, 19 year old kid that made a stupid mistake. And I'm going to just grant him the benefit of the doubt based off of his apology note that he learned from it. I love that you keep calling it a stupid mistake. Like he didn't mean to do it. Nah, bro. Nah, he meant it. He meant what he said. That's what was in his heart. Oh, sure. Maybe the mistake was broadcasting it on Instagram Live. That might have been a mistake on his part. Maybe maybe he realizes deep down he should never do that again. But he showed us who he really was. He showed us where his allegiances really lie. The insides of his heart are not a mistake. Him bleeding Georgia's red and black is very clearly not a mistake. That's who he is and who he will always be. And again, if he's in his dorm room and he's FaceTiming a buddy and he's yelling, who let the dogs out? Who, 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 who? And someone just happens to be walking down the dorm room hall, happens to hear it, happens to poke his head in and secretly records him doing it. And that leaks and that gets out. I'm not that mad because then we have a situation where the guy isn't going out of his way to actively piss off the entire Gator fan base, or at least the 90% of the fan base that actually does bleed orange and blue. Then I'm not so mad. I wouldn't like it, and, and I'll make that very clear. If he does this all in private and it just leaks out, I still would very much not like it, but I could live with it. I could make peace with it because then, then, all right, something that was meant to be in private just leaked out. But he showed us who he is. He is a troll. That's just the nature of who he is. We saw it. He, doesn't, he, he was not apologetic for it until after he heard the outward. He had many, many chances on that Instagram Live with many, many comments coming his way saying, bro, stop it. Bro, you're whack. Bro, stop. What's wrong with you? Many opportunities. Didn't, didn't even think about it. So as for rooting for him, we'll see. We'll see. I'll, I'll, I'm willing to play the we'll see card. 
I'm not going to just blanket forgive him. I'm not going to just blanket skull drag him like you're saying that I'm doing. I'm just going to say, yeah, we'll see if you're sorry. We'll see how the rest of time progresses. And if you, you know, if, if people happen to catch you walking around in, in Georgia gear and laughing in their faces and going, Natty champs, who let the dogs out? You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see if something like that happens. Cause he was obviously willing to do it down university Avenue. So, and, I mean, I'm not going to tell you that it's, there's a 0% chance he won't do that uh, moving forward. So I'll, I'll sit back and I'll wait and I'll see. Until then, I'm just going to keep a very neutral opinion on him. Um, speaking of people who um, have, have maybe gotten their program stuck in neutral, that's a weak transition, but we're going to go with it because I don't know how else to put this. Michael Emerson White continues to coach the Gator basketball team and let's just say that the results haven't been very good since beating Troy at the end of November, Florida is four and five. We're actually recording this just before tip off of the LSU game. So we don't have that result yet, but four and five with a loss to a terrible Texas Southern team that even now in mid January is still nowhere close to being 500. Now that they've gotten SWAC teams lined up left and right, still nowhere near 500, a loss to a coachless Maryland team embroiled in major chaos and blowout losses to Alabama and Auburn programs that I think it's safe to say have officially lapped the Gators in terms of prestige since Mike White arrived. And the most frustrating thing about this team to me is there's nowhere really creative to go with the analysis of them. This team is so ridiculously limited. They have no true dominant scorer to just take over a game. Colin Castleton, to his credit, does play with heart and grit, and I give him all the props in the world for that, but he's not a dominant scorer that can just take a game over. And and now, I mean, everyone was saying, well, Mike White's going to have a defense. Mike White's team is going to play hard defensively. They're not even doing that well right now. They just gave up 83 and 85 points in the first two SEC games. So I don't even know what you point to to say, well, this team does have what it takes to turn things around. So I guess the topic of conversation has to be framed as, do we think this is ultimately the year? Hashtag the year. Do we think this is hashtag the year that mid-major Mike finally gets fired or does he survive it? You know, I, I watched the Auburn game uh, and I'm going to take a slightly different point of view from Neil. Yes, Florida lost the game. I get that. But this team showed me something. And even the losses, this team has shown me that they haven't given up. They play like, – like last year, you could tell they gave up in certain games. They just flat out didn't give a damn, and they quit in multiple games last year. They haven't done that this year. Um, now, is that enough to save Mike's, Mike White's job, and do I support Mike White? No. No, I do not. And I think anybody that looks at anything that I post on Twitter, I'm over Mike White. But the loss at Auburn, Auburn's one of the best teams in the country. Alabama is one of the best teams in the country, certainly in the league. Uh, you could make a case for Auburn to be second or third ranked in the country, I, I think, personally. So I think what's really going to tell the tale is when we play LSU, uh, what do we look like 
we, we played a gritty defensive game, and Auburn was only up by one point with seven minutes left to go in the game, and then they went on a 10-2 run. But I, I think it's too little too late for Mike White. I think at this point he's got to get that quad one win over a, something uh, over a team like LSU. Casey, the problem is even if Florida goes out and they beat LSU, I've seen nothing in Mike White's six and a half years here that tells me we're not going to just go and trade it in to, I don't trade it in for, I don't know, a, a terrible loss to South Carolina or Missouri or a Vanderbilt or a Mississippi or someone like that, that we have no business losing to because that happens every single year. So we can show something nice one game. We can move the ball well. We can we can show good spacing. We can run some nice sets where the ball just goes in as opposed to running nice sets where we just don't make shots. Uh, we can pick it up on defense, whatever. We can have one great game and we can rebound. We can have that one great game or even two or three great games in a row where it all looks like the pieces are falling into place together. But I don't trust this team to maintain it and keep it going in the long run. And of course, in basketball, when you play a season of 30 plus games, yeah, you're going to have bad nights. But for Florida, it's a pendulum swing where they'll have a great stretch, two, three, four games or so, they'll look great. And then sure enough, they'll give them right back. All the momentum that they build by beating a big team like LSU, they'll give right back with a terrible loss to a team like South Carolina or Missouri that they have no earthly business losing to. So, yeah, I mean, when you talk about, for you, Casey, saying, no, there's, I mean, no, I don't, I don't believe in Mike White anymore. That's why there's no belief in Mike White anymore from a lot of different fans as opposed to just a couple of people who are irrationally impatient. The consensus right now is that the guy doesn't string together any consistent results, and that's why Florida has been – fifth no eighth in the sec a couple years a good year for them was finishing third and then there was the one anomaly year where they finished second and made the elite eight so there's just no fundamental trust in him anymore to get the program where it's supposed to be on a yearly basis yeah i mean i i don't know where we go from here right um i don't think scott strickland's going to part ways with him um I, I don't know where we go from here, but I'm interested because the Florida LSU games have been riveting the last three or four years that they've played. So, um, and we beat LSU at LSU the last time we, we played them. So I don't know what's next, Neil. Um, I don't, but we'll see. I guess we'll just have to see what, what happens and, um, and move on from there. So you got to take this on, the whole season approach, man. You can't just look at it as one or two games because there are going to be anomalies within them the, all the way through the, the course of the year. Florida went to West Virginia last year and beat them, and everyone thought we were the greatest team ever. And then we turn around and come home and lose to a terrible Missouri team. So, I mean, I don't know how you evaluate that. Or not Missouri, South Carolina. I don't know how you evaluate that. Well, actually, no, we lost to them both. So there you go. How do you evaluate that? I don't know. You can't. I don't know. But at this point, I, I've just become resigned that Mike White is going to be there um, for the long term. So you either support the team or you don't support the team. And that is – those are the choices facing Florida fans right now. So Support the players, then, pray for the coach, well, except for Flanders Fleming. He remains in cheering purgatory right now until further notice. 
again, your, 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 your compassion knows and, and your empathy knows no bounds. So, you know, I mean, I've typically been pretty neutral on Mike White, but with any sport, the results in the, on the court, the results in the field, the results um, between the hedges, they matter. And unfortunately, Gator basketball is not getting it done. You know, there was an expectation coming into the season, these, these uh, I believe, seven seniors, a lot of these transfers, that they come in and that we'd be a top-tier team. And we're not. We're very inconsistent. And we're not even pulling out the kind of wins that we saw last year with the team that, it, that was arguably um, worse than the team we have now. Uh, and anytime you have a coach that as a team that is that as a program is regressing and not progressing, um, that tells me all I need to know uh, concerning Mike White. Um, I'm not going to call for his head. I just think we're we're at a place right now where we we need to really lower our expectations for Gator basketball. And unfortunately, that's not. I'm not saying that from my standpoint. I don't want to lower my expectations. But I believe that's what the athletic department has been communicating to us with their decision concerning White. We just have to be content with barely making NCAA tournaments or um, NITs, getting knocked out in the second round. That's basically who we are, and that's basically who we're going to be until a change is made. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like a change is going to happen. That's a depressingly accurate way to put it i think dustin i think you just nailed it the athletic department is telling us we are okay with round of 32 exits fifth sixth seventh eighth place finishes in the sec you know six to ten seeds in the ncaa tournament and if you're listening to this and say no they're not content save it because the uaa has explicitly and repeatedly told us that this is what the expectation is going to be by extending Mike White, not only not firing the guy, extending him, saying, yeah, you know what this Gator basketball program needs? More of this guy. We need more of these results. That's what they're telling us. So um, I think it's high time we move on from this because this is very depressing given the fact that the Gator basketball program has reached five Final Fours and won two national championships in my lifetime, and this is now what we're all agreeing is the new standard for Gator basketball. So let's talk about a team now that seems to have much higher standards given the guy they just hired in Billy Napier. And let's bring back that segment that we created a couple pods ago. Um, Yeah, the two pods ago. The last pod Dustin did, by the way, PSA, very, very good interview with the co-host of the Louisiana podcast, Rage and Review. If you have not listened to that yet, you've got to go ahead and do so now. It is an elite, elite show. Great job, Dustin. Um, Yeah, so let's talk about the hires that Billy Napier has made. And we're going to bring back a segment called Vine Talk. And the idea behind this, if you remember the app Vine, you have six seconds to make a video and make your point or whatever. We extend that to 10 seconds to make it a nice even number and allow us to you know, game plan ahead a little bit. So 10 seconds on the clock. We're going to go higher by higher since the last time we did this. The last time we mentioned hires. I'm going to read the guy's name. I'm going to read his title. And we have 10 seconds apiece to talk about what we may think of him or her. And the first one 
is a her. I don't believe we have talked about her yet. The former Georgia Bulldog, Katie Turner, assistant AD of recruiting strategy. Casey, Dustin, y'all have 10 seconds, and I'll give my 10-second thoughts, then we'll go on to the next one. What do you guys think? I'm, I guess I'll take this one. So Katie Turner, I think she's phenomenal. She was a big part of recruiting the Georgia team that unfortunately un ended up winning the national championship. Um, hopefully that's the last time I have to mention that. Um, and I think she's going to be a great fit. Uh, I think she's going to do an excellent job at helping the Gators win a national championship. Anything that can improve where we've been um, under Dan Mullen and Jim McElwain, uh, especially with the success Georgia's had on the trail, I'm fine with. Everything I need to know about Katie Turner was written on Twitter by players at the University of Georgia. All these Georgia football players about a month or so ago were tweeting, you know, crying or sad emojis, uh, saying how much they loved her, how much they loved her, how much they're going to miss her, how much they're going to miss her, et cetera. That tells me everything. Florida got itself quite the AD, assistant AD of recruiting strategy. We got Jacob LaFrance, the director of player personnel. What do we guys think of him? Uh, you know, I, I, I like the hire. Um, and I think you certainly need um, somebody that's out there um, as a quality director of, of player personnel, because obviously we've seen, uh, you know, with the credit card nine uh, a few years ago and, oh, just some, and just some of the off the field antics, we need somebody um, that can, um, you know, really help um, develop these young men, not only into athletes, um, but quality stewards of society. It's not too often that the, the football program releases all the information on every single staff hire within the program, not just the, the main 10 assistants. Um, but I think it's a good thing. I think it instills a culture of unity that no one person is more important than the other, that every person is an important part of the cog. So I look forward to seeing what he does. I love the fact that this guy is a graduate of LSU and spent five years working on their behalf. It's a very different role, but it smells a little bit like ha 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 F U LSU, the kind of vibe that we got when we took Corey Raymond away from them. So just because of that alone, he does seem like he's good at his job uh, on top of the fact that he was at LSU for five years. So I'm very excited to see what he can do in that role for Florida. Joe Danos is the new director of player athletic development. What do we guy? What do we think of him? Go ahead, Dustin. I think I think anybody who has a name like that. Um, I mean, not to not to go off topic, but but Thanos was quite the villain. So if we can be villainous to our opponents on the football field, I think it'll be helpful. So I'm excited. I'm not sure what this title is or what exactly he's going. I, I, they, they're creating, and when I say that, they're creating a lot of different titles, um, which yeah, I think sure. is good. Um, but I'm not quite sure what he's going to do. But uh, I'm with Dustin. Like anybody with the name Thanos, let's go. Sure, I can. I can appreciate that. Um, I, I will say that recently he served as the head strength and conditioning coach for the Inter Miami Football club that's soccer in the mls in the 2021 season before that he was a performance manager and strength and conditioning assistant coach for the new york giants 
for seven seasons. The Giants have absolutely sucked in that strength of time. However, the Giants did until very recently have a team that avoided the catastrophic injuries among its offensive and defensive lines. Uh, well, that's uh, there, there are a couple exceptions to that statement, but for the most part, the Giants have stayed healthy in the trenches and have gotten bigger and stronger as the course of the seasons went on, so I can't really hate that. Um, then there's a guy that I think, for some weird reason, pissed off Louisiana fans the most that we took, uh, at least in the initial batch. Doug Domingue, the director of recruiting innovation, which well, is basically meaning that he is the video genius that puts together all those tear-jerking videos uh, from Louisiana's football season. What do we think? Well, I, I, before we go too, too far with this, um, I do want to say I think um, Nick Savage was a good guy. Um, and I wish him all the best as he uh, looks like he's recently accepted a position at Ole Miss. Um, so uh, I... I know Florida fans have mixed opinions on him, but knowing where we came from uh, in 2015, uh, I wish the best for uh, Nick Savage as he moves on um, to his new role um, in in uh, his own life. But uh, to the topic at hand, uh, you know, I, I again, this is one of those titles. I don't know exactly what the job responsibilities for this for this role are going to be. I just told but, you. Player, player, and so again, he's making videos, but he's got to do something more than that. Um, I think there's going to be more definition beyond what the job description in the um, press release is going to be. Smartass Schulman, um, but again, if we can make flashy videos that attract the 16, 17 year old recruits, I'm all about it. That's fair. Well, hey guys, so as a professional graphic designer myself, I think that the title recruiting innovation is just a flashy name doug he is a creative genius and he is going to be responsible for connecting with recruits and you know all those uh nice commit graphics and videos that that a lot of these uh a lot of these universities are putting out he's going to be at the forefront of that he's going to do a phenomenal job at connecting with these recruits and helping them tell their story and tell the world where they're going. And uh, in the case of the Gators, that means that they're going to be Florida Gators. Yeah, I think that it speaks volumes that Louisiana fans were so upset that they lost their, what they were calling their video guy. And you, you can go to the Raging Cajun FB on Twitter and Instagram, and you can take a look at some of their videos for yourself. They're really, really good. This guy did a really good job. So the fact that he's now working on behalf of the Gators to make videos is a huge plus. So there were, he, he was in of- charge. I know, I know I'm kind of getting some overtime here, getting my second vine in, but he was in charge of video for the entirety of the raging Cajun athletic department. And he goes from that to arguably taking a, a severe devotion well, no, promotion because they're with the Come Florida on, Gators, but he's literally just doing media content for recruiting. But obviously, it's a big role and it's a big responsibility, and I couldn't be happier with this guy. One of my favorite hires. All right. With that said, up next is a guy that was actually hired before he had a title. 
His name is Ashur Pira, and his official title is Assistant Director of Football Operations, Logistics, and Analytics. And to me, that says something very, very clear, but I'll let you guys take the first shots at it. What do we think of the hire? I love it. If anybody's been a part of the Twitter spaces that we do on the recruiting handle, a lot of people have been saying this guy's the bag man. I'm not going to go as far as saying that, but he's, uh, he's been in every living room, um, especially early on in the, the recruitment. He was, he was right there um, with a lot of these big name guys uh, traveled with Billy um, very early in the, uh, in, in his uh, tenure as the head football coach for the university of Florida and I think he's a great guy. Last thing I'll say, and most important thing, is he has big-time connections in Central Florida. And being a Central Florida boy, um, I got to love that. Let me just point out real quick that his entire bio on the Florida Gator website can be fit on a single screenshot of an iPhone 12. They don't need to say any more than that. It's, it's four sentences. That's it. And that means he does a very, very specific job. It is an assistant recruiter. That's, that's it. So Casey, you can you know, tell us what you think, but that is what he does. He is an, a recruiting assistant. Uh, you know, I, again, we need help with recruitment. Um, and I think I have a unique perspective because I don't follow recruitment, like I said, as much as other people. But even somebody like me that doesn't follow it, realizes that there were issues clearly uh with the last staff right and you can't you can't recruit successfully if you can't coach right so we learned that with will muschamp but you also can't coach without recruitment talent that was dan mullen's problem so uh you know whether this guy's a bag man or not i could care less as long as he gets who we need to get on the field I don't think it's fair to call him the bag man, but I think that his role is kind of similar without towing that line of of illegality. Um, All right, next up we have Kyle Kazakevicius, who is the assistant DFO for quality control and assistant to the head coach, which sounds exactly like a title from the office in Dwight Schrute. But (laughs) Dustin, you, you first, what do you think? Yeah, Kyle, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that last name. Um, you just did brilliantly, Neil, and I'm impressed. But I think he's going to be a big help to Napier. I think he's going to um, really set the organization um, on the right track, and uh, I think he's going to make – he's going to do a good thing for, for us. Um, yeah. Casey? I – Again, uh, <laughs> you know, some of these titles are, are foreign to me um, and the job descriptions, I think, are intentionally vague, um, which I'm fine with. Um, again, if he can do the job that we need him to do, I'm all about it. So he's actually spent the last two years at Louisiana as the director of recruiting. If this title means anything, and Casey, I kind of agree with you when you say it does not, but if this title does mean anything, he has taken a severe demotion. I'll say it again. I don't think the title does mean anything, but just think about that. The director of recruiting at Louisiana for the last two years is now the director of football operations for quality control and basically Billy Napier's assistant. So You know, but here's my... 
here's my concern with all of this. This better work because he's brought his entire band from ULL and he hasn't coached a game yet. And I'm certainly not going to poo poo on the man um, because so far he's clearly cleaning house, which I think needed to happen a long time ago. But all I'm saying is this better work because well, no kidding, Casey. Of course, it better work. I I don't know if you can translate success in the Sun Belt to success in the Southeastern Conference. That's my only concern with this. And your and the thing that raised this concern was the fact that he just got a five million dollar budget for support staff approved and is now bringing everybody from from the assistance of the videographer along. That's what's raising your concern about this. I, again, I will. I, I mean, that just doesn't make sense. Maybe there's. I, I don't. Else. I don't know if success at a Sun Belt school translates to success at a Southeastern Conference school. That's but, my concern. But again, it it is the fact that he's bringing everybody up to the videographer that's raising that concern. Because to me, this seems awesome. If he fails, it's not going to be because he's doing all this. It might be because of something else, but it won't be because he brought everybody along and has just got an unprecedented budget approved for his support staff and assistant coaches. All I'm saying is it better work because, uh, Neil, I, I just hope these people are ready to have been promoted to that next level. There's a better way to put that. There's a better way to put it. I just hope these people are ready for the next move in their careers that means they better be ready for all of the expectations, all of the stress, all of the eyes of the world on them that may not and the pressures that come with that that may not have existed in Lafayette, Louisiana. But see, this is the point. You're bringing along literally dozens of people. If one or two of them isn't meant to be, all right, you go get the next one. And meanwhile, that means you still have 85 to 90% of your staff who is ready for the bright lights, who is prepared or I guess proper English is these people are prepared. They are ready for their bright lights. They are ready to do their jobs. They are ready to function in Gainesville, in the SEC, with their rivals to the north having just won a national championship. They are ready to take that stage and perform. The fact is if you bring in five or six people and two of them don't pan out, well, that's a third. That's you know, 33 to 40% of your staff right there that's effed up and you have to now replace. Two people out of 30 lessens – that you know, or increases that margin for error. Okay, so next up we have co-assistant strength and conditioning coaches Edward Thompson and Carmichael Dunbar. Casey, I mean, we've we've talked about Mark Hockey coming in and being the new strength and conditioning coach. We've talked about Nick Savage leaving, but co-assistant strength and conditioning coaches Carmichael Dunbar and, and Edward Thompson. What do we think? Anybody who has listened to this pod in any of its very iterations knows how much I love a good strength and conditioning coach. So I'm all about this because you, you don't become Alabama. You don't become Georgia. You don't become Clemson without 
strong guys protecting your quarterback or getting after the other quarterback. So I'm all about it. I am 150% all about it. Um, and make that hire whomever you want to for that. And as many people as you want to, as long as they can do the job. Okay. So Dunbar, dude, the guy's a maniac. I mean, when, when hockey was, was hired as the strength and conditioning coach, there was a image that surfaced where it had the three of these guys. It had Edward Dunbar and hockey and Dunbar looked like a goon from the goon squad. Um, and it's exciting. I mean, both of these guys are going to do a, a huge, huge – they're going to play a huge part in, in this team being what it needs to be in the SEC. Four words for me to describe both of them. Give me the beef. I trust them. I, I, I believe in them. I have no reason to think that they will not do their jobs under Mark Hockey. I'm going to miss Nick Savage, but give me all the beef. Give me all the smoke, all the beef. Let's see what these guys can do. Next, William Piegler, assistant coach for the tight end position. He's not the tight end coach. He is the assistant coach for the tight ends. There's a distinction in that job title. What do we think? Again, uh, you know, we, we became spoiled with Kyle Pitts, right? So, and I was so excited when we hired Tim Brewster. And I know he's not that the, the person we're talking about is not the tight ends coach, but well, he is. I'm just saying that Florida framed it very weird. Yeah. So, you know, I like Tim Brewster, um, but we became very spoiled with Kyle Pitts, right? That Kamari Gamble was good, but he, I, I, how do you follow in the footsteps of somebody like Kyle Pitts? So uh, I'm interested to see what he does with that room um, because I can't give you another tight end. I mean, is Whittemore a tight end? Is he wide receiver? What are we? Zipper. What are we? Zipper. Okay. I'm interested to see what he does because there's talent in that room. And Nick Elksness, but Dustin, guys, we we just got the biggest steal in all of college football. This guy is one of the premier up and coming assistant coaches in college football. He coached Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State as their running back coach. And this guy was not only one of the best running backs in the country, but received the Doak Walker Award for the best running back in the country. And this guy, Piegler, went from being a running backs coach to a tight ends coach. Again, we're seeing a common thread. We're seeing people essentially take demotions to be a part of this Florida staff. And I think that if, if Piegler brings the same intensity and the same uh, – intelligence and brilliance that he brought to uh, Kenneth Walker in that running back room to the tight end room at Florida. I think we're going to be in great shape. And I think the last thing I'll say is this, the blocking from the tight end room is going to be out of this world. If you see Michigan state play, you know, the running backs not only run, but their running backs block. And if our tight ends can block, boom, 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 it's going to be over baby. Well, in, uh, in all fairness, I don't think the blocking can get much worse. <laughs> from yeah, that's a pretty low bar. Ethan White, <laughs> Ethan White did his job. Ethan White was adequate. True. Yes. Yes. The other, Ethan White the did rest it. of the it, offensive line was horrible. And, and that how many years have we been saying this? Three years in a row. It was good. Mullen's first year in eighteen, nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one. The offensive line was pathetic. 
Ethan White, the exception. He wasn't – now, Ethan White was not going to win an award for – I know he's definitely in the outlet trophy. He was fine. He was adequate. He was competent. The rest of the line was just pathetic. Anyway, Piegler, he is the tight ends coach. I'm saying that the, the position is framed oddly uh, by the university of Florida. He's the assistant coach slash tight ends, which is very weird. Cause in the past they have said tight ends, coach, running backs, coach, whatever coming over from Michigan state is a big deal. Florida poached him away from a program that was in the new year six that was in the national championship conversation until a late loss knocked them out of that. But this guy is going to make sure that the blocking is good. Having been a running backs coach for Michigan state, he understands the importance of a running game. He's going to make sure those tight ends block could not possibly be more excited about him. Then we have Marcus Castro Walker, who is the director of player engagement and NIL. We're going to get 20 seconds for this one because this one's I love this hire because Florida is putting the NIL out there. Florida is advertising that they are going to assist with that. Florida is advertising that they are welcoming to that. Florida is advertising that you can earn money and you can be successful both on and off the field. Florida is advertising you can help support your family. And Florida is at the forefront of this emerging NIL business because really that's what it is in today's world of college football. I am over the moon and I texted you too about it. Yes, you did. That this is a brilliant hire. And I am absolutely stoked um, that we, coming from Dan Mullen, who was at best lukewarm about the idea of players benefiting from their name, image, and likeness, to now we are embracing it. I, let's go. Let's go. Dustin? Guys, this is amazing. You know how big we are uh, at the in all kinds of weather uh, brand, you know how big we are about the Gator Collective, and this guy is going to be entrenched in bringing the best name, image, and likeness deals to our players and our incoming recruits. And I'm I'm excited because I'll just say this: Napier is seeking after every single possible competitive advantage that he can have as the head coach at the University of Florida, and he's doing it right here with hiring a guy that specializes in NIL. And it's special because there, there was no NIL until last summer. So to have a guy who he's got a master's degree, but to have a guy who specializes specifically in name, image, and likeness for a school that's got the first of its kind, shout out Gators, Shout out Gator Collective. There is no other school that does anything like that. Yes, this is unique. Yes, it is truly the only of its kind. And he's going to be here to not only help foster that, but to make sure that players like, say, Anthony Richardson, who's got a deal with Outback Steakhouse, Emory Jones, who's got the same deal with Outback Steakhouse, make sure that players who want NIL deals, who want to take advantage of their name, image, and likeness, which had been illegal for over a century of college athletics existence, he's going to make sure it happens, happens legally and happens fruitfully. I could not possibly be more happy with this hire. And that's why Casey, I kind of roll my eyes at you and you said this better work. Well, if it doesn't work, it's not going to be 
because he's hiring too many people. It's not going to be because he drains the Florida bank account. He's doing everything he can to make sure that every single P and Q is accounted for, that every T is crossed, every I is dotted, that nothing is left neglected. I'm not disputing that. I'm just saying I hope these people are ready for the challenge that is Florida football that, let's face it, the last four staffs were not ready for. Sure, but you could say the same thing about any of those previous four staffs. They better work out and 0 for 4. So next up we have Frank Ogas, the assistant for player development. Um, what do we think, guys? Again, I don't, I'm not sure what exactly he's going to be doing, but player development is never a bad thing. He was a he was a member of Louisiana staff under Napier for four years as a strength and conditioning quality control coordinator before he became their player or before he became their director of player development. So that's what he did there. Dustin, what do we think? I think the guy's impressive. I think the biggest thing of note is he has connections on the West Coast, and I think he's going to be a liaison to some of the high schools and and uh, big time programs in the state of Arizona as well as California. So I think that's really the biggest thing to me, recruiting advantage. Yep. Uh, I was never a fan of recruiting the state of California. Uh, Chris Steele kind of exacerbated that. But now with Billy Napier, I'm not seeing any reason to turn off any state. And maybe maybe this guy is the one that helps rejuvenate our pipeline to the West Coast and from the West Coast. I mean, he played at Arizona State, like you mentioned. He played there from 14 to 17. Um, he's got his bachelor's degree from there. Um, I don't see a reason to believe that this is not going to work out in terms of him establishing some kind of relationships with the people out West that we might want. Now for one that I think has quickly become a fan favorite, Bree Wade is the director of on-campus recruiting and football events. What do we think? I think she's phenomenal. And I know that that's kind of the, my resounding statement for a lot of these, a lot of these uh, ads to the, to the staff, but she's obviously made a name for herself. Um, she's known around the country as being, being one of the, the leading female voices uh, within the uh, the football realm, and I think that she's going to do a phenomenal job at connecting with uh, young men who are who are uh, looking into the University of Florida, and even beyond that, um, connecting with um, with moms and dads. I like it. Uh, I especially like that he's advancing females in a male dominated sport. I love the fact that she is an African American woman advancing equal justice and social justice in her career. And she's already got Chauncey Gardner uh, Johnson on board um, exchanging tweets with him this week. So, uh, Hey, I'm all about it. Yeah. Speaking of that, she actually served as a grad assistant in the office of institutional diversity and inclusion at Mississippi state. And that's why I brought that up. I really, she's, I think she's an all around good person for this program. I think teaming her up with Katie Turner is going to be quite the boon for the Florida Gators. Paul Pasqualoni has stayed on staff. He is not a new addition. He is staying on staff as a director of advanced scouting and self-scout. What do we think, guys? Coach P! 
the players seem to be uh, excited about it on Twitter. So, uh, you know, I think his years of experience, both as a head coach and under the previous staff, can give some insight as maybe what went right, what went wrong. Uh, and he's obviously got tons of experience and years in the game, head coach of Syracuse. Um, I, like, I, I like it. I like it. Coach P is – he's – Really good. He's really, really good. And I know that, that the players are excited that he's staying. Um, I think he's one of those key cogs uh, that is going to help this program continue. And I think it was very important to retain some guys from the old staff. And he, w- he was one of the few bright spots in, in a staff that otherwise really fell apart. Yeah, him, Vernell Brown, and Kiwan Ratliff. Florida kept two of the three. I really wish they would have kept Ratliff. But nonetheless, yeah, Coach P, Syracuse Orange, uh, all the experience in the NFL, count off the teams. I think he was in the NFL for combined just short of two decades, plus his time at Boston College. Can't miss with him. Players love him. Cannot possibly have anything bad to say about him. The last one we're going to get into today, and we're going to do the rest of them on a future pod because we do have one more big topic to talk about today. Kelsey Gomes, the director of sports nutrition. What do we think, guys? Based off of the uh, picture the other night of what they're eating, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I support it. I like it. I knew you were going to mention that, Casey. <laughs> Dustin, what do we Ooh. think? Two words, food, good. I would have thought you would have reversed the order of those two, but nonetheless, the point has been made and made clearly. Yeah, good food, tasty food, nutritional nutritional food, uh, nutritious food, I should say. Uh, players are very happy with, with what they're eating now. They were not so before she got here. I don't know if, if you can say she single-handedly made that difference, but nonetheless, she has quite a background in sports nutrition. Uh, she comes from North Carolina, UNC, um, where she oversaw the department as well as baseball, basketball, field hockey, football, gymnastics, lacrosse, volleyball, etc. She was on staff for five national championships there in the sports nutrition world. Again, we do have a lot more hires to get into. We will do another round of Vine Talk with the rest of them on a future pod. But in the fairness of time for all of us, let's get to the last major topic that cannot wait any longer. It is the commitment of Florida Gator running back Trevor ETN. If that name sounds familiar to you, it should. He is the younger brother of former Clemson running back Travis ETN. And guess what, guys? He had a chance to stay home and play for his hometown LSU Tigers. He had a chance to go to Clemson and follow his brother's footsteps. He chose to turn down both those opportunities and come forge his own path for the Florida Gators. That is not something that was happening under Dan Mullen. And Casey, we'll start with you. I know you're not a huge recruiting guy, but the reason that we have you on these pods is because you did work in education at Georgia Tech. You did work very closely with the football players there. You, I mean, you, you got to talk to these players and learn all about their different paths and their backgrounds and their stories and whatnot. So I wanted to ask you a very specific question about him, and that is, what in the world do you make of him choosing to decline the offer to play for his hometown Tigers of LSU, decline the offer to follow in 
his brother's footsteps where he, I mean, Travis Etienne is seen as a god in Clemson and come to the University of Florida. What does that say about him? And what does that say about Napier and more importantly, the Florida program that he is selling to him? So, you know, I, I love it. I love it um, because he's forging his own, he's forging his own path. He wants to be his own man. And I think he even made a, a, a point of that in his statement um, in, in saying that he was going to come to Florida. Um, I think, you know, that that's going to be a room of strength next year that was horribly misused by the last staff. Um, so you've got uh, Lingard in there. You've got uh, Naquan Wright in there. Now you've got, you've got Bowman in there. And now you've got Trevor Etienne in there. Um, I think that is going to be a power strength of Florida next year. Um, I love the competition that's hopefully going to be bred out of that. And let's see if, you know, he had 22 touchdowns, uh, rushing touchdowns in 2020, and he had 31 in 2019 for a total of 53. And in the last two years, he's rushed for 3,607 yards, um, including 1,242 last year and 2,365 in 2019. So you look at it, I mean, we're now going on, um, you know, 10 years since we had a 1,000-yard rusher. Could he be that? person i don't know uh, but i'm really excited about the running game that's coming in next year um and uh shout out if he's listening to the podcast tyler davis uh my student from georgia tech uh is currently tied in for the green bay packers so he hey. is in, 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 huh hey, i'm saying that that's pretty yeah, cool number 84 so he's gonna have uh the uh the weekend off as they have the number one seed but uh tyler if you're listening good job buddy yeah and it's also worth pointing out that uh, I mean, the stats you rattled off come in Louisiana class 3A high school football. That's not really quite the same level as, say, if you're playing in the class 3A or 4A or so in the state of Florida. That's still pretty good football. That still produces some top talent for teams like LSU and Alabama and Texas and Texas A&M and Oklahoma to recruit. They still go into that pool, and th- like those schools will pull some players out of. Louisiana high school class 3A, and they will get some real results out of them. So it's not like he's doing that just against scrubs, which is sometimes the fear when, you know, Florida goes out of state to pull someone. I, I mean, I'm sure that, you know, there are a lot of Gator fans in Louisiana that understand the, the classes of high school football, but if it, it sounds like, well, it's an out-of-state kid. I don't really know that level of football. Trust me, that's that is very high quality football that's being played there. So, Dustin, um, you're you're the more uh, re- recruiting centric guy. Uh, so, what do you think he brings to Florida that can be used quickly? And what kind of role do you think he will have on the twenty two team? Guys, Etn has is a is a key piece to this class. I mean, think about the. I mean, it's it's. I'll be at a brief history, but I mean, the Gators haven't pulled a, a running back out of high school since Naquan Wright. He's a, he's a high four star in, in some of the, the uh, recruiting rankings. He's, he's um, top 100 with, with rivals. You watch his tape, the guy's electric. He's, he's fast. He's the kind of guy that is going to hit the hole and he's going to hit the ground running. And he's the perfect running back for the system that Napier runs. Napier is, is a 
He is a zone run, zone read, uh, offensive mind. And Trevor is going to do phenomenal in that. And as, and as, and as y'all mentioned before, he was literally snatched out of the, the grips of LSU and Clemson, two schools that were a shoo-in to get this guy until Napier went in and picked him up. It's a big deal. He's going to be a Gator, and he's going to do a phenomenal job. Oh, it was basically oh, oh, sight unseen, too. Neil and Dustin, we have a, uh, we have a special guest. Oh, no. I wanted him to play for the Tigers, but I told him to go to Gators when the Tigers didn't retain me. So, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Ed, how in the hell do you beat Florida twice in a row, even when the Gators are favored by multiple touchdowns and have significantly more experience on their starting lineup? I got two words for you, son. You ready? Go, Tigers. No. Damn mother. Uh-huh. Yeah, hey, Dan, oh, by the way, uh, Ed, would, would you ever consider being a, uh, I don't know, an, an assistant uh, on the Florida Gators? Just because if something happens with, with Billy Napier, say like some, you know, some kind of unspeakable tragedy or some kind of reason that he has to resign or something, or maybe even he'll just retire one day because he'll get burned out or whatever. You've been pretty good as an interim head coach. So if we hire you as just, as just the DL coach and something goes wrong with Napier, you could step in and do a pretty admirable job for the rest of the year. Would that be something that interests you? From one swamp to another, baby. That's what I thought. You Sounds know, good. I, I, I don't look so good in orange, but, you know, that's what that's what the bowl, lady at the bowling alley told me last night. Mm. Well, that lady at the bowling alley may not know what she's talking about. I think you'd look pretty damn good in orange. Um, yeah, so back to – Back to ETN, and then, and then we'll call this a show. It's already been almost an hour and a half. Um, ETN committed to Florida essentially sight unseen. He's he's gotten a couple of visits to Florida unofficially. He was there for the Gators' uh, ugliness, we'll call it, against FSU um, in November. He visited, I think, once or twice before. He'd never taken an official visit, and that's what I mean by sight unseen. He's taking that official visit this upcoming weekend He'll get his chance to see what it's all about to be a Florida Gator when several other big-time recruits also take their official visits, and I'm sure he'll be doing plenty of hardcore recruiting for the Gators there. That's about all we've got. Thank you guys for listening. As always, if you are if you liked our show, please give us a five-star rating and a nice review on iTunes. All three of us would very much appreciate that. Guys, uh, any any last words before we wrap this up? Have no fear. Don't fret. Help is on the way. Napier is the man for the job, and it's amazing. Every Everything that's going on from a staff building standpoint, it's night and day. I mean, you look at the tape. You look at what he's done uh, at Louisiana. You know, for everybody that, that touted, that, uh, that Dan Mullen did more with less. I mean, you look at what Napier was able to do at Louisiana. I know it's hard to make that comparison, but I'm going to go to make it because on top of that, he's building the institution. He's building the organizational processes. He's building the culture. You, future. That's what That's it's right. about. It's about this school. Scared money don't make money.
Billy Napier is going to be – it's going to be a movie, guys. And, you know, you can hit record, hit the record button, uh, get back to me on this, and hold me to it. Hold me accountable to these statements years from now. And I will be able to look at you in the eyes and say, hey, we did it. We got it done. Speaking of which, um, I know Neil already did one a couple weeks ago on the website. I'm going to put out my way too early projection, and I think there's going to be a lot of surprises on that for 2022. Oh, no. Don't jinx anything, Dustin. Don't jinx anything. You know, I've got a. I, I'm. I'm just going to go back to, in my opinion, the greatest living legend of the Florida Gators to close out this podcast with. And this is my wish for everybody going into 2022. 20, uh, God has smiled on the Gators. No question about it. So, yep. God is smiling. I hope. Hopefully 2022 is the year that God will again smile on the Gators. So happy new year, everybody. That's a great way to call it a show. There's no better way to put it. Even even better than scared money don't make money. Here's, here's hoping that God does indeed sh- smile down on the Gators in 2022 and beyond. Later, guys. Go Gators. Go Gators. Go Gators.